Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about psychic children, how children manifest their psychic connection, what that looks like, what it may have looked like in you when you were a child. I'm going to go in pretty deep there. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. And I, you know what? I, I think I was a psychic kid. Yeah? What happened to you that makes you think that way? Well... I think, well, like, think about it. Like, when I would get asked questions, like, who made that mess? Okay, like, let's say there was, like, a big mess in the the, the playroom. We had the playroom. And I knew it wasn't me, and I didn't know who made the mess. I'd be like, it was my sister. Oh. So I didn't know that. I didn't see her do it. But (laughs) I knew it was her. Wouldn't that be? Psychic kid. That's like a kid, That's exactly what I'm talking about today. Yes. Exactly stories just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, usually no one believed me. Right. You know, I didn't get, I didn't have the support of my parents and thus <laughs> I guess I didn't grow up psychic as we learned in another episode. I, right. I'm not psychic. Right. Um, it wasn't developed. But if they would have listened to me and said, hey, yeah, that yeah. was Carrie that made the mess right. in the playroom. Yeah. You know, that, you know, I didn't see it, but maybe I would be psychic right exactly. now. Exactly. Children need encouragement. The Mystic Scott Show. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. Um, so th- what do we do? This uh, well, Leanna, our uh, our assistant and the admin of our Mr. Michaela Spiritual Family page, came down. She did. She's in Florida. She's, She's hanging, in hanging Florida. out in Florida. So we decided, you know, hey, we know it's COVID, whatever, but maybe we should get out a little bit. And we haven't really gotten out that much. Let's right. be honest. Like we don't. Well, we you have that thing where you don't like being around people, anyways. Correct. Pandemic or no pandemic. Right. You've talked about that. Yes. So we decided to go down to uh, Two George's, mm-hmm. which is like a, it's a restaurant uh, bar on the uh, Intra-Coastal in Florida. In, yeah. In, uh, I think it's Boynton Beach. Uh, it could be Lake Worth. But anyway, um, so we went down there. And, you know, the reason why I like that place, yeah. pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, is they have these like seats that you can sit in that are like kind of swings. Yes. It's like your own private area and it's outdoors. Yeah. So that's the reason why I chose that place. Right. But we didn't know when we got there what we were going to well, encounter. Well, you got to remember, like, we're in Florida. Right. And, you know, the virus doesn't really exist here. <laughs> in certain areas of Florida, it does not. That's it just true. doesn't exist right. in some places. Let's no. put it that way. No. If you go to Ocala, it's not there. It's not there. Palm Beach a little more. A little Palm bit Beach more. County. There's a little more cases. A little more. And yeah. we're in Palm Beach County. But like some places like it does so we're in two Georges, which I haven't been since the pandemic began. Right. And it was always a happening place. It's very right. Florida. But we were the only people wearing a mask other than the workers when we walked in. Yes. And then the first the first bad sign was the valet. Oh right. And everyone knows they don't like yeah. valet. You don't like that. But here's my thing with the valet and COVID. You know, I want to park my own car, first of all, no matter what the time it's is. It's a red person thing. But now there's a guy getting into my car. Very yeah. nice guy. He was so nice. He was wonderful. But if that guy has COVID, you know, if he's, he's got the coronavirus, yeah, then he's going to put it on my steering wheel. Okay. And he's going to be breathing in the car. Yeah. And then the next car and the next car and the next car. Yeah. But Scott, so, we're in Florida. It's okay. okay. I know. There's no virus. So here. I was like, just, I mean, I just was, <laughs> I, I, I actually like, you know. Did a little bit of rant, red rant with him and asked if I could park my own car. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I missed that whole thing. Yeah, he said, like, absolutely not or whatever. You know, oh, he kinda, really? Yeah, he got all. He got, like, really angry about it like that? Yeah, like, angry. He's a nice guy. <laughs> um, but, you know, but I just asked. just, like, absolutely hey, can not. can I park my own car? I'll, I'll still give you the tip, I told him. I'm like, hey, I'll still give you the, you I know, can see you doing the few that. dollar tip. Yeah. But could I park my own car? Yeah, because, like, the parking spots were just right there. 
Yeah. Like, he was just parking it like, it like a second yeah, away. He, he moved it like seven feet. <laughs> it's true. It was like, I was actually in the spot. He just like put you it into the You have to let it go. Spot. Like this, this is about, I'm going to stop you at the beginning mm-hmm. of a red rant. Okay, it was about to become a red rant. You were yeah, getting real fired. Right. I have to stop you. It's too early in the episode. <laughs> it's too early. You were going to red rant about how he just had to park it seven feet away, which is not yeah. an exaggeration. That's no, truly not. what happened. Yeah. But I know you were about to like freak out about that. Okay, fine. All right, so I anyway. have to stop you. But we walk in and, um, you know, bars open in our state. Is it the state? I don't even know. Uh, in our state. Or just all, the county or like No, what? no. The whole state of Florida, all bars are open. 100% I, capacity. And, and let me just tell you, it wasn't just a few people at the bar. It no. was packed. It was packed. Everyone was on top of each other. It's Florida, so it's kind of like hot and humid and stagnant air. And people were on top of each other. like yes. Like literally... Sitting on each other's laps, next to each other at the bar. Uh-huh. It didn't. It looked like a crowd. Even if it wasn't a pandemic, it was flipping crowded in yeah. there, and we weren't going to sit in that part. So we had to walk through that part to get to that outdoor swing right. place that you like to sit at because nobody's there. Yeah. But we were the only people. So it was me, Juliana, and Brianna, our eleven-year-old, and we were all wearing masks. Yes. And. Being an empath at this time, and also having the abilities I have, it's very stressful. Because I normally know what people are thinking or feeling or whatever, but people were staring at us. I did not notice. Now, of course, you didn't. I was so un- Brianna noticed it too. Really? Brianna did too. She was uncomfortable too. Okay. And I didn't talk to Leanna about it, but Brianna was very uncomfortable because she was looking at me because I locked eyes with this one guy and he had like hatred towards me because I was, and I just felt it. Wow. And I just felt it because I feel like wearing a mask for some reason has gotten political. And so I'm walking just with my mask on and like all the employees are wearing a mask too, but nobody else was wearing masks. And I felt so uncomfortable. And I think in my life, I'm so used to, um, just because of my abilities, like I've gotten so good at just being invisible or just trying not to make any sort of blip on anybody's radar because it's uncomfortable for me. Man, that was hard. Like it was very, very stressful. And I can imagine a lot of you guys listening are feeling similar things right now. Like when you go to the grocery store or when you just go out at all, but especially in that, I don't know, something must've been going on there or something because nobody was wearing a mask and people were really staring at us, but we got through it. Yeah. I mean, I was just concerned about getting the table and making sure we got the, uh, the table I wanted. Yeah. You were like really one track mind. I want that one table that's not by anybody else. Right. So that was my, my whole thing the whole time. I mean, I was wearing, I did get a desk there too, but that was because I was wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey <laughs> and it was from a Dolphin fan. Oh. So that probably wasn't the same as you. No, that's different. But, yeah. That's like a more friendly hatred. Yeah. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, this was more like, I feel like he made a judgment about okay. me because I was wearing a mask and it really stressed me out. And then, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I haven't gone out. Do you, think, it was, do you think that was for all four of us or just for you? I just felt, I, I felt like... Yeah, it was for all of us. Like, oh. what What are these people doing? Like, what is this about? Or, like, whatever. Because we were masked up, you know? Yeah. And nobody else was. Um, and it's just, it's very uncomfortable out there. And, you know, i just trying to be safe and keeping other people safe. Like, I'm not trying to. And you could argue, like, I made that whole thing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could argue that. Yeah. Like, you're just making it up. Right. And, like, I know I wasn't, but you could argue that. But I think a lot of people... Mm-hmm. Are going out and experiencing similar things. It could be like I mean, where, and, and even if it's not a pandemic, like when you just feel someone who has like a bias towards you, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, help! Like this isn't my intention. I'm just existing. But it was very uncomfortable, it was, and the place yeah. got a little 
rowdy. But you know what was funny? There were <laughs> I the people at the table next to us were doing tarot card they readings. Were, yeah, they How were. How cool was that? Was that? So funny. That's so Florida. I that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it was like a very <laughs> South Florida purple scene. It was. Um, yes. I mean, I saw a guy literally drop his silverware on the floor mm-hmm. on a dirty floor. Yeah. Someone walked by and stepped on it, and then he used it. South Florida purple. South Florida purple. You know, like who would use well, a dirty a five fork? Five-second rule. You know, no, no. Like someone, but literally, someone <laughs> came by, stepped on his fork, That's and gross. he still continued to eat. You know, his uh, shrimp with it. Another South Florida dining experience was we took all our leftovers and fed it to the huge catfish we did. who were swimming around us as we ate. Yes, and that was <laughs> probably the best part. But. So that. Was, so, anyways, I don't know what the point was. Oh, there were like uh, I haven't been. Yes, I haven't been out in a while. Yes. Like in a really long time. And then Liana and I were going to like, okay, we're going to brave the bathroom. Oh, my God. We're that was a story it. you told me. Yes. We're going to brave it in there. What happened in there? I haven't been out in a long time. And normally, like, drunk women in a bathroom, that's my scene. You know, I'm purple. You know, drunk women in a bathroom, they're great. They're like, give you good yeah. pep talks. They're very funny. They're like, really like make you feel real good about yourself. You know, drunk conversations with women in a bathroom. No. There were three belligerently drunk, unmasked <laughs> women. They all had New York Jets jerseys on. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, did they? Yeah, they did. Actually, they did. You're right. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was crowded. Was it a game day? It, uh, yeah, it was Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, so probably... Yeah. All right, that okay. makes sense. Okay. That makes more sense. All right, it makes more sense. And that's fine. And I have no judgment towards drunk people at all. But like, because like I said, gotta love a drunk person. But man, right. these people were like crazy in a very small bathroom during a pandemic screaming without masks on at each other but they were friends so it was kind of weird and they were trashing it and these weren't like 20 year old women no these women were like 50s like maybe yeah i would say like mid 50s and they were like one took the bit you know those big industrial size uh toilet papers and she dumped it in one of the toilets that's okay. And then there were like, there were other people in there and then they left and it was like such a scene. They were falling all over each other. That, like, that, yeah. That's so weird. Cause like I, some of them like had like the toilet paper, you know, like when your some toilet paper gets stuck to your shoe. Yes. So some, a couple of them had like toilet paper oh, yeah. stuck to their shoe. They were mess. I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. And I'm like, is it, is it because of the pandemic? This is like, I'm extra sensory towards these things or is it just, I'm not drunk too? Or is it like, you know, you want, or it, you wonder, Yeah. you wonder, but don't and it was small and there's like it's just really stressful i don't know if it's worth it to go out right now i'm just gonna put that out yeah, there we're, we're gonna have to stay in this weekend <laughs> just don't know. we're not leaving again i don't know if it's worth it honestly like i was too stressed out like you know everyone nobody's respecting space you know it was like really stressful a lot all of right. feelings i'm all empathic overwhelm overwhelm yeah Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Anyway, well, a lot of people have been uh, just changing the subject. We'll just, yeah. A lot of people, you know, are concerned about my DMs. Oh. Uh, earlier on in the podcast, I, you know, told people, you know, I'd get like two, three DMs a week. And then people started to DM me a lot more since then. Oh. Okay. So I, now I get more. Okay. Okay. But people are very concerned about it. And 
there was one that I got that I thought was a little strange, and I want to know if you could maybe help me out. Oh, right, yeah. So, uh, so someone actually, we know that me and you, or you, you and I, I don't know. I don't know the proper grammar. Yellow people, fill us in. Fill us in on that one. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We, we are soulmates. Yes. But we're not twin flames. We're not. And we've said this on podcasts. We've said this on IG but Lives. But that's good. I, I, I'd rather that. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so I got this DM and it said in big caps, I am your twin flame. What? And Who is yeah, this? This guy, Who is it was, this? It was a guy named Jack Twist. Jack Twist? Jack Twist. Hmm. He said... I am your twin flame. He's coming for my Scotty. I want to, you know, I think he said something about Asheville. I, don't, I didn't what? read that part. He said he's from Wyoming. You okay. love Wyoming. I love, I do love Wyoming. Oh my God. Uh, he said he wants to take me fishing. No. And I'm not a big fisherman, so oh. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, should I go? No, Scott. But he, but he could be my twin flame. I don't want you connecting with your twin flame. That gets messy and complicated. We're married. <laughs> All right. I mean... I'd like to go, but maybe I shouldn't. Well, did you see his picture? I have not seen his picture. Oh, he well, just said his you have name to is, see like Jack Twist, and he yeah. said meet me on Brokeback Mountain. So that's I'm sure. not I'm not feeling I'm not right. feeling this, Scott. I want you have any twin flame signs? Have you been dreaming about them? N- not that I rec- recall. Do you no? have like similar like synchronistic uh, things going on in your life besides I, the whole Wyoming thing? I've been attracted to cowboy hats lately. That's really weird. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. All you right. Know, well, we have a new segment let's today. Let's brush that under the yeah, carpet. Yeah, let's brush that Forget that. All right. <laughs> Maybe cool it off with the DMs, people. Not, not so many. I can't, I can't handle it that many. Um, I'm not... Yeah, definitely. I'm not a good IG-er. My, my, I'm terrible at Instagram. You're I can't such, even make a story right. You're such an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> Huge influencer these days. All right. So we have a new segment. New segment. I'll let you introduce it. Okay. It's called... Let's or explain that. So Ashley, who is in charge of our merchandise creation, okay. um, she came up with this. I was I went crazy. She's or explain, right? So she coined it. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, which is kind of off mansplaining, which is where you like explain something to somebody that they already understand in like a simpler form. And usually like mansplaining is like very condescending, but I would think or explaining isn't. So let's or explain that. And as we do these, you try to or explain it at okay. home, at home listeners. All right. So back in the day, they used to have uh, newspapers. Mm. I don't think they have them anymore. Mm-mm. And there used to be like columns like Dear Abby. Yep. There's another lady too, I think. But uh, so these are like Dear MM. Dear MM. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we got these from some people. Yeah. So we got okay. this one here that says, Dear MM. Yeah. My mother-in-law constantly gives me backhanded critiques. Mm-hmm. I am a mom of three and I'm not working right now. Mm-hmm. Her son... My husband works a lot and is a great provider. Let me just stop here. Okay. Let me just or explain this for a moment. Okay. Now, I don't ever picture anything. No. But right now, I sense an insecurity. So there's probably like an inauthentic blue thing going on with who's writing in. Because even though she's a mom and she's busy and she's doing all this stuff, I would call that like, she's, you can tell she's still insecure that she's not working outside the home and contributing financially. And then what happens is, is when you have an insecurity and you wear it like an inauthentic aura color, people who love to prey on that find it. They see your weakness. So when you wear inauthentic aura colors, which I bet she's wearing an inauthentic blue, you're, somebody can come in and start praying on you. All right, continue. Okay. And the husband is a great provider working a lot, so maybe he sounds yeah, like red, great, or, red green. or green. Yeah, okay. they like to work. Red or okay. red and green people like to work. Okay. But he doesn't see that his mom is mean to me. Oh, he's green. Okay, so yeah, yeah. that's a green. I'll or explain that. Green. 
<laughs> and only sees me as being overly sensitive oh. and her being a very helpful person. She could be indigo wearing inauthentic blue or just blue with like more blue. The blue's bigger. Okay. okay. She stopped by without calling. Mm-hmm. She comments on the cleanliness of my house. Oh. And she gets very upset when my children won't give her a hug or have a temper tantrum. Oh. Mother-in-law sounds victim blue. Victim blue. Mm-hmm. She also has a lot to say about me having a schedule. Oh. Oh, she has a schedule. Mm. Okay, continue. I like to keep my kids on a strict schedule. Mm-hmm. That could be yellow. 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 So that I can keep from going crazy. Yes. But my mother-in-law tends to make me feel bad about the nap times. Yeah. And the bad times. Naps, definitely. Indigo. Blue. Yeah, she sounds like, um, no, she's yellow. But she could be indigo yellow or blue yellow. Okay. Yeah. And the meal times that I'm very regulated about. Mm-hmm. I try to be nice to her. But I find that nothing works. Mm. My husband listens to me, but also thinks it's my job to make this better. He sounds definitely green because green people work in logic. Like, this is what I see. This is what, you know, feelings don't count as part of the, um, what would you call it? Like the the logic or like yeah. what's going on or like the reasons to be upset like you feeling bad isn't a reason okay that's just a green person thing they're like the facts are mom's upset make it better you know but i think mom mom mom-in-law is better at working with her green son and kind of like working with you know what he sees and doesn't see versus his wife who sounds like she's a deep empath and yellow at the same time so she's trying to navigate these two things at the end of the day your feelings are valid and it sounds like she's trying to put up boundary with mother-in-law, who's always going to see that as uh, a setup and an attempt to make her look victimized by her daughter-in-law. And this is like the son's playing into that trap. Okay. And that mother-in-law probably definitely has some inauthentic color going on. She sounds like victim blue. Yeah. And um, she sounds like she's manipulated. She could be like a little purple or something like that. But like intentions are off. Like she wants to set her, her daughter-in-law up and it causes a wedge between husband and wife. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to another one. Okay. All right, so again, dear MM. Okay. My best friend has been in my life for years, many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. We've always hung out together, gone on trips, and basically been single together. Mm-hmm. I recently found someone, and it's going great. He's really nice, and we spend a lot of time together. My best friend all of a sudden has been commenting on how I'm codependent, mm-hmm. how I don't have time for her anymore, and generally how selfish I have become. Oh, I'm very upset because I love my friend and I feel like she can't be happy for me. Okay, yeah. What do you think of that one? You know, it's hard. It's hard when you find somebody and, like, your friends react to that, especially if you've been single with your friend for, you know, so obviously... This girl's friend is feeling, um, she's having an ego reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to feeling vulnerable, left out, and lonely. Instead Mm -hmm. of saying, like, I I feel lonely. I feel like I'm not going to find anybody. I feel left behind. She's twisting it and turning it, and she's saying, you're selfish. You're codependent. You don't like me anymore. You've changed. So it sounds like the best friend here might have, like, a red in her, you know, where she's very, like, loud and she's in you know she's just she feels like she can just say things you know without a filter but it also sounds like she might have some victim blue going on there which is blue that's just been a little corrupted right. by the ego and that's what it sounds now, like it's going now on. i'm thinking the friend yeah you know, the, i mean the person who wrote the letter yeah um she's probably wearing an inauthentic or she's probably absorbing yeah the, the new boyfriend 
So yes. she might be so she might be bringing on a new color. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's a green or red or whatever yeah. his color is, and then the best friend is picking up on that. Yeah, you know, obviously doesn't know that, but she's yeah. picking up on that. And she's like, why do you all of a sudden, are you, why are you like so green? Like, why are you, you know, doing this or Scott, that? Scott, that's so astute. Thank you. Thank you. You've really or explained that. Did I? Yeah. Oh, wow. I really love that. That's Thanks. good. That's a good take. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, hey, why do you yeah. like going to this, yeah. this two Georges and hang out with unmasked people now? And yeah. she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I like this. And it's like, you're just like him. Yeah. 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 I was going to do like a bowling <laughs> analogy or, you know, something like that. Like, well, why all no, of a sudden you become a bowler? Why are you a yeah. bowler? Why? Yeah. Why do you like the the, the Miami Dolphins instead right. of the Bills? Like, right. what's you've changed? Yeah, the, the, yeah. So there's a lot of absorption going on <laughs> yeah. here. This, you know, obviously an indigo blue situation. Yes, a and lot of these happen to indigo blue people. Now this is weird. You know, what? I know this we, when we put this segment out, yeah. people wrote to you, but actually someone did write to me. Yeah, so and they let's wrote, see, Dear Scotty. Let's see what you have to say if you can or explain this, Scott. Okay, all right, I'll try. dear dear Scotty. With everything that's going on, I feel extremely tired lately. I can't watch the news. I'm rarely on social media, and I've stopped interacting with my friends. I just want to be alone. I feel like everyone is angry, and they are taking it personally that I stopped answering calls or hanging out with everyone. I'm just so tired, and I don't feel like being anyone's friend right now. What's wrong with me? Okay, so this person definitely came to the right place. They did. Okay. I am the indigo whisperer. Yeah, you just know. And I just know this person is totally indigo. Yeah. Can't handle the, you know, the, the climate that's yes. in our country right yes, now. Yes, yes. And she it just wants to crawl into a little ball, oh, God, go I to sleep. feel that. Watch like Vampire Diaries. And it's and, me. Yeah. I so relate. <laughs> yeah. I know that's not you. you yeah, you, that's you not me. You didn't write that. I but, can relate to this person. But it, yeah, I'm just kind of like conjuring like you now and <laughs> thinking like how you are and you know, other than that trip to two Georges, which sent you over the edge, obviously. It did. As we just learned. Oh, I did. I know. Um, I had to go so home and rewatch that, Vampire Diaries. That's my Diaries. take on it. You probably have a better take than I do. No, but, that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Indigo. Indigo. Definitely Yeah, indigo. major indigo issues, you know. Okay. And it is. It's very hard out there right now, and it makes you tired. All right. We have one more. Okay. One more, dear, dear MM. Okay. This one's back to you. Okay. Okay. Dear MM, mm-hmm. I need advice. Yes. I was a struggling singer, dancer, and very shy. One night, a popular singer came into my club and swept me off my feet. Before I knew it, he was flying me on my private jet. I was? I was singing in in front of thousands of people. What? And my dad was very proud of me. Hmm. That sounds like, what's that term you always use? Like when someone comes out really strong. He love-bombed her. Love-bombed, yeah. Love-bombing. Then I became popular on my own. Uh Uh-oh. He started drinking heavily. Hmm. And sometimes he would fall asleep in bushes. Oh, my. Yeah. My biggest issue then became how I looked on a billboard. But now I believe... <laughs> God. <laughs> it's a big issue for people. I know where you're going with this. No, no, no. This isn't real. No, it's real. Uh-huh. But now he says he's suicidal, and I feel he might harm himself. Oh, and no. it says, help from Philadelphia. Is there love shallow? <laughs> shallow, shallow. It doesn't sh- say anything about love being shallow. shallow. It's deep. Their love is deep. Deep? Yeah, oh, deep. yeah. This she sounds not- like... Um, a purple okay. who got loved bombed by a green. She sounds like a purple who got loved bombed, bombed by, by a green. green. Yeah. Okay. And then like, you know, she was all needy and he liked that. Yeah. And then when she started like branching off and not being as needy of him. Okay. He, he went, you know, he, he made it all, you know, he kind of 
had to make it back about himself and, right. you know, so went he, into his did addiction. He, did he not see that coming? Like, as he brought her it's up. a self-destructive tendency. Oh, yes. You know, like, he, he wanted, he likes to find fragile things and then see how they don't need him anymore. And then it kind of makes him, it reaffirms the fact that he's worthless. Wow. And forgotten. I am telling you, this is probably... <laughs> one of the best segments we've ever done, the Aura Splaining. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you for that term. Aura Splain it. I love this. We should do it more. I want to hear you guys Aura Splain your life to people. Yes. And other people's lives to people. They need it. Yeah. Tell us about your Aura Splaining. Uh, just maybe not in my DMs, but anywhere else. All right. <laughs> but Who's our sponsor today? Here's the thing. Like, we love doing this podcast. So we thank you for helping us out and using our sponsors when you can. And today we have Rory. So taking care of your skin is important. I love skincare. I'm super into it. I, right, Scott? I'm like, it's my thing. I never met anyone more into it. <laughs> I really do like skincare. I like it more than makeup or anything. I really yeah. love skincare. Actually, our daughter's really into it too. Our daughter's, yeah, Brianna's so, into, so it. into it. It's like fun. It's very healing. Yeah, I can't even see like the counter in the bathroom anymore. There's oh, I like know. tons of stuff. I encourage Mostly it. Mostly It's good self-care. Yeah. Taking care of your skin is important, yeah. But if you experience like dullness or redness, fine lines, breakouts, all that fun stuff, um, finding the right treatment can be frustrating. But now there's a simpler, smarter solution to skincare with Rory. Um, you know, I... I know this might sound fancy, but with Rory, you can have a brand new skincare routine crafted just for you. It takes five minutes and you never even have to leave the comfort of your couch. Uh, it's a digital health clinic just for women. They can help you treat all your skincare concerns, breakouts to redness. Getting started, simple. You complete a free online consultation at hellorory.com slash KYA, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works just for you with free two-day shipping, super fast, uh, Rory is there every step of the way. You always have access to your healthcare um, professional for questions or to make changes for your treatment. You just, honestly, you just write them. They write right back to you. It's very simple. There are no commitments and you can cancel any time. So just go to hellorory.com slash KYA to try out your personalized treatment for just $5. It's personalized. You talk to a doctor. It's two-day shipping. It's five bucks. That's hellorory, R-O-R-Y, dot com slash kya for a free consultation and five dollars for your first order that's hello rory.com slash kya to get your first order for five dollars it's amazing i do it our mailman clip does it it's fantastic (laughs) everyone's doing it when i was little i would get really bad dreams i would astral travel all the time i know that's what i was doing now but i didn't know that at the time I would wake up in the middle of the night, like completely afraid to go back to sleep. My mom eventually made something she called bad dream spray, which she would spray in the room and it made me feel comforted. It made me go back to sleep. It was actually air freshener wrapped in tin foil, but it did the trick. It did the trick for years, but that's how bad it was. I would have experiences as other people, um, like which I now I know I was having past life stuff. I would have experiences with other people, dead people. I would have visions of things. Um, I would have clairvoyant things like precognition stuff happen. Um, 
I would be in places I didn't know where I was. And it was very frightening at that young age. I didn't know how to deal with it. And also I didn't know it was normal. And I still don't like going to sleep, but at least now I understand what's happening. But as a kid, I would go to sleep and end up in places and with people that felt real. And I felt very trapped and I would see things I didn't understand. I was alone. I was scared. I didn't get it. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, just screaming. It was very difficult. And to this day, I'm often up in the middle of the night just to get my bearings. I get messages all the time from parents wondering what to do with children who are experiencing similar things with sleep. Um, saying things, kids that say things about people that they see, but their parents don't kids who see things. They're very adamant about what they see kids who find lost objects, kids who know someone is going to die and otherwise children just behaving in a way which cannot be explained. The range of parents' reactions is anything from fear to skepticism, um, or encouragement overall. And possibly because just because the people that I end up speaking with are open to it. Most people that I talk to want their child to know um, that they're okay and they want to know how to handle this in a way which benefits their kid and helps their gift grow and be useful to them. A lot of what I see with parents is the first thing I say is like you have to believe your child. Let's say they're making it up. Let's say it is their imagination. Okay, let's go. Whatever. It's important just to give them validation because they believe it. That's the first thing. Because I think parents are like, well, I don't know if I should encourage something that's not true. It's like, but they think it's true, you know, and they're kids. So just go with it. You don't have to say you're right. You can just say, oh, oh, really? Oh, how cool. Okay, what else happened? That's all you have to do. Just go with it. Because when it builds up into things that you can't use coincidence to explain away with your kids, it's time to get them some different kind of validation. The kind which tells them that they do have a sensitivity which can be utilized to help them navigate this life. The thing with having a sixth sense is that it's just that. It's a sense. And to rid someone of it is the same as if we all blinded children at birth just because we couldn't see ourselves. That's what it it does to kids who are particularly sensitive and they're told that it's not appropriate, you're taking away one of their senses. It's something that needs to be seen by us as parents and encouraged so that kids can not only use this, but also use it responsibly and correctly, that they understand what this gift of sensitivity is for, how it can help themselves and others, and even what the pitfalls of having it are so as to avoid falling victim to symptoms of a gift you don't even get acknowledged for having, like anxiety. A lot of us who weren't encouraged have anxiety, stress, we have fear. You you know, you get a feeling about something and all of a sudden you your ego steps in and tells you that you're connecting with something bad or something bad or you're the one that caused it. Or these are all symptoms of you having a gift that you were never encouraged of using. And that's what we can avoid with children. You and if you don't have kids it's time, you know, you can look at it in yourself right now. If you do have children, it might even trigger you like, oh my God, I, that happened to me as a kid. This is stressful. I have to tell them to hide it or shove it away or whatever. It's all something. Let's just stop, take a fresh look at it and stop villainizing it because it's just a sixth sense. It's a sensitivity. You have to learn how to use it. All kids have a natural connection. This is true. And it's just that some kids are actually going to take that and use it in a magnified way. We can encourage this in all of our children because it doesn't hurt. 
And some will grow up and actually be able to do like mediumship or clairvoyance or read auras or all sorts of things which can spread messages of love and awareness to people they come in contact with. And like all things on this podcast, my goal here is to normalize the paranormal and to make people open to what it could be other than just calling it childish imagination. Because as children have this natural connection, they can use it. You can use it your whole life, whether you use it like you don't have to use it as a psychic. You might use it as a therapist. You're going to use it in all your relationships. You're going to use it in your corporate job. You're always going to use it. It can just help you. It helps you and it protects you. I'm going to get to that. The first thing to do is to encourage children because usually I get parents like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Are they safe? Because sometimes it does present as scary. Like when I was a kid, like horrific nightmares. So sometimes it does present itself as very frightening. So the first thing you have to do is you have to encourage children, and you can do this yourself, to talk to their angels. They need to be able to call on higher beings that we all have around us for protection and assistance. It also, it, it helps children feel more in control of their gift. Kids understanding that the other side is there, and they understand it better than we do. It's the complexity we as adults add to it, which confuses everything. Children just accept it, like everything. Children accept it. That's why they're so resilient. They just accept. So to say there is a place that we come from and a place where we go, and that there are angels which watch over us until we go there again, it's something you can tell your children. You'll you'll be surprised how clear that is to them. Okay, got it. You know, they don't question it. Um, And it's something which can provide them with some foundational grounding with their gift. I do see a tendency for children, this is interesting, to be attracted to the name Michael or some form of that name depending on the language that they speak. Notice this because it's kind of crazy the the amount of times I hear, my kid keeps mentioning Michael, Michael, Michael. Um, St. Michael is is an archangel and he's the protect, he's a protective force. He's a protective angel. He's a protective energy. And I see kids mention that name a lot. Myself, the name Michaela, Mystic Michaela, which I go by in this work is because I call on his protection. It's just a simple thing to do to call on the angel Michael to protect your child. If you're open to that, if you're open to that, if not do something else, that's fine. It's something that I often hear from different children anyway, and organically, um, that they see and talk to and they'll play with a Michael. I was raised Catholic. So religion and spirituality was mixed. They they were mixed a lot in my upbringing. And I truly believe there is room for God and this psychic ability. It's not something where you have to get rid of your own ability to perceive things in order to get close to God. On the contrary, this is God. This sensitivity is your connection to God or that which is greater than us, whatever you want to call it. And that's a huge thing. I see people very scared. They're scared about believing that, that to put faith in this sensitivity takes something away from the faith that we have in God. But what if this is God? Because that's what it is. I teach my kids messages are from somewhere else. They aren't from us. Like when I do a reading and I give messages, that's not me. That's from a higher place. I do a lot of filter work to make sure I am worthy enough to receive and deliver these messages and that my ego is completely not here for it when I do a reading. That's the responsibility of me to make sure that I am giving these messages correctly. And that's what we have to really focus on when we teach our kids about how to deliver messages in a way that's pure and from the higher source and not infiltrated by our own wants or emotions or motives or intentions or anything like that. 
Um, but it, people get very nervous and because that, you know, I was raised Catholic and you're not supposed to have faith in anything but God, you know, so I understand that going to see a psychic or something like that, that is something that I was taught is wrong. But then again, I was born in a psychic family, so we just kind of did it, but hit it. <laughs> Very confusing. But anyways, that I, but I get that. Like when I talk to people who are religious, I get that. But this gift is from God. It's just you speaking his messages to other people because they're supposed to come from love. That's what it is. The messages are loving. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, I teach my kids that messages are from somewhere else. They aren't from us. That's ego. The thought that a person can give messages to you of any sort of meaning. No, it's God or that which is greater than us giving us these messages and explaining to children that this message is from a higher source can help you all funnel through some of the responsibility of this. Because sometimes kids are given very strong messages that can be very uncomfortable to carry. And to let them know that it's not their fault that they just made grandma cry because they mentioned grandpa's waving to her, that's important. My across-the-street neighbor, my friend, who's my neighbor, she has a four-year-old. And she told me this story of how her little one had this music box. And she was just kind of like obsessed with this music box. And she was obsessed with making sure she brought it over specifically one day to her grandmother's house to show her the music box. Like she would not let it go. She was like one track mind about it. And she brought it over and she made a huge deal to wind it up and open it and show grandma the song. And grandma was so shocked and touched because that song was her mother's favorite song. Why the insistence? Why the random need to show grandma and specifically grandma that song? This is something my neighbor, um, you know, she allowed her daughter to do this. She and her mother gave this little girl, her four-year-old, the validation that she had just delivered a little message of love from the other side to her own little girl, my friend's mom. It was a beautiful little moment of mediumship and they honored it. Now, in some families would be like, why'd you make grandma cry? Why are you bringing that over? That's silly. Don't do that. You know, like, uh, what a coincidence. Or, okay, put it, you know, we're not, that's weird. Or she's attention seeking, you know, because they would want to shove away anything like that. But instead that family handled it just like, oh my gosh, grandma, you know, oh, my mom's talking to me. It's so sweet through, through my granddaughter. Wow. You know, there's just, it's a different perspective because Somebody from the other side, which was just fueled by love, wanted her to feel that. That's what mediumship is. That's what this gift is. It's supposed, it's supposed to come from love. So many psychic kids, so many sensitive children get to told to hold their tongue. That the emotions that they bring to others are upsetting. We don't speak of the dead. We don't want to make others cry. We don't want to give that message because it will all make us uncomfortable. We don't want to look like we're indulging a child who's attention-seeking. Spirit doesn't work that way. Spirit loves giving messages through children simply because children have no filter, which is a lot like spirit. Children are just like spirit. They just deliver the message and they move on. There's no ownership in it. 
It's not the child's message. It's spirit's message. And that can free up some of the energy there and the blame to just let the child deliver a message in a way which is not taking any sort of ownership or censorship. It's just given and we move on. That's a huge lesson for kids who are getting messages. Otherwise, they are told to hold their tongue and then they associate this guilt, this gift with shame or oddness or unlovability or attention-seeking behavior, and they shut down that part of themselves to fit in. This is why so many people have a block to their own connection. That's why so many people I talk to are re-establishing their connection to spirit because they were told at a very fundamental foundational time in their life that it's inappropriate to do what comes natural to children, which is truly you know, channel spirit. Telepathy. This is, this is a big thing with kids. When I had my first child, I experienced major postpartum depression and it was bad. And I had thought at the time, you know, I had this like weird thought, you know, I was going to therapy and all this kind of stuff. But at the time I was like, is this me like communicating with my kid, my infant? It was just like a little side thought. It was before I was doing this work full time. So I wasn't as like self-aware as I am now. But I was getting all this information from the other side. And it was really overwhelming. And the more I fought it, the worse and more isolating it was for me. And obviously, postpartum depression is a real thing. And people need treatment and outside help for it. Because there are obviously different levels to it. And truly, brain chemicals, you know, they do get involved. And I'm all for, like, going to the psychologist and getting medication if you need it and all of that. But it felt like something more, honestly. And then in my second pregnancy, I felt it too, but it was different. And I feel like that's because I was more self-aware. I was doing this work more and I had an idea what it was. It was me communicating with the baby and the baby communicating with me. Infants are very telepathic. They get in your energy. So with my first one, I wasn't used to somebody so in my energy like that. And with my second one, I understood what that felt like. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was very emotionally overwhelming. And then with my second one, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm more used to it because I was doing this work and, you know, and I had a feeling what it was. But yeah, infants are very telepathic. And what happens is, is when you have one, you be, you awaken that gift like immediately because that's how you speak to them. That's how you talk. Um, ask my, ask any mother, ask any father what happens when you're with a baby all day. You just know what the baby wants just by like their look or their cry or their body language, like their vibe. That's telepathic communication. You can say, oh, they're making a face or "Eh, it's more than that. Okay. They're talking to you. I see it continue with children, but then it lessens as kids develop language of their own. Um, words actually take away telepathic communication where I see it continuing is in children who are nonverbal. They will continue to communicate telepathically with parents and even with certain individuals who are also very emotionally psychic. That's why I see so many empaths in the field of like child therapy, things like that. It's a field which truly requires you to be emotionally psychic because you are speaking with them on a different wavelength. It's amazing to me, like, um, because as as children develop language, they lose their power of telepathy because a lot of things, words fall short of when you're reading energy and you're being telepathic. Uh, Some things just can't, they don't, it doesn't translate. It's, It's more the language of spirit, which is just feelings, emotions, visions, 
things like that. It's how animals communicate too. Um, and it's how, and how, it's how infants communicate. And that I truly, you know, any new mom, any new dad, they're actually, they've just reawakened their telepathy. <laughs> that's what, that's what happens with a lot of us. And then you get emotional and it's like, it's just like a lot. It's very overwhelming. And then you can't handle people in your space that don't get it, you know, so because you're very overly sensitive to other people's stuff. That is a form, but okay. So, and I'll, I'll hear about children who can tell you like just using their telepathy that you're pregnant before you know it. They can say out loud something you were just thinking. They can sense what you want as you think about it. They can pick up how others feel just being in their presence. Kids have a natural ability just to know the vibes of other people. They speak energy. They can pick up what they are thinking. It's something we are born with, telepathy. And it doesn't go away, like I said, until we replace that sense with words. When you start to have to use words to explain these feelings you're getting, some power is lost. Because like I said, some things cannot be explained. Have you ever had a kid like hate someone and then later on you find out that person truly was like not right in the head? We believe it with dogs and cats more than we believe in it with kids which I think is hysterical. Like if your dog doesn't like someone, you're like, hmm, you look at them twice. But kids do this too. If your kid doesn't like someone, it's kind of a sign of something. Like they're picking. I get this all the time. Like young children who, you know, the, oh my gosh, young children who go after like a member of the family and they don't care. And and the thing is, is like, you know, we're all taught, be polite, you know, and yes, it is important to be polite and be conscientious and stuff like that. But some adults have messy energy and some kids are not going to stand for it because they haven't been taught yet to be socially appropriate or to shove their own feelings down. Because if someone's energy is inappropriate and messy, kids will react to it. My eldest daughter, she would go to anyone when she was little, like anyone. And it was kind of insulting, honestly, like anybody. Like, yeah, you, all right. Um, But when my friend's fiance wanted to hold her, she was like, no freaking way. Like, she freaked out. And it it was weird. It was weird. And I knew she was picking up something on him. He was chameleon green. He he had a chameleon green aura. So I was already wary of him. And if you want to know more about what that shade of green means, I just did a bonus episode about all the shades of the aura and what they mean. You can check that out. It's only 17 minutes, chameleon green. But it confirmed it to me that he was not right. Even though he was like the biggest schmooze. Like everyone's like, oh, he's so charming, you know, like that. Well, fast forward 10 years later, I haven't talked to her in a long time. And she just recon- she reconnected with me. Um, for a reading. And he turned out to be a total headcase narcissist who had just made her whole that past 10 years miserable. And they're like totally divorced now. But like kids know. Kids always know. You have to trust their your kids when they say someone's off or weird or they don't like someone. It's their own protection system. They can trust this gift and then they trust it. And if, they, if you teach them to trust that, to trust that intuition and not always have to put words to why they don't want to be around somebody, that can save them from a lot of stuff. Early on, it can save them from people who want to hurt them, manipulate them, take advantage of them. This is something that we have to tell our children, trust that gut feeling. If that little that little tummy flop goes, or you just don't like to be, you don't have to question that. You don't have to put a sentence to that. You don't have to put words to that. You walk away. That's it. We'll figure it out later. That is their telepathy their sixth sense, their sensitivity, protecting them. And we need to tell children to listen to that and not worry about being rude. 
you know, the gift is not just for giving message. It's for protection of self. Like we are supposed to use it to help ourselves. And it's, it's amazing because we wonder why down the road we pick the wrong friends, the wrong lovers, the wrong environments to work in. Because we were told to shut down our ability to pick up vibes, to telepathically to communicate, to understand what's really going on underneath the words that are being said. Because these words are an illusion and the vibes are the real thing. So we were told to ignore the vibes and just pay attention to the words. And that's not how this works. So we have to help our children encourage themselves, encourage them to keep this going so they can keep that gift for their whole life. That's what it's for. You may see kids take interest. This is another thing in like crystals or other mystical things, but then they take it to the next level. Like I'll see kids get very attached to certain crystals and they will want them to um, be with them in school or, you know, sleep with them or put them in their pockets. It's not all kids, but notice it like a very sensitive psychic child will have an innate understanding of what the crystal is for too. You can test them with it. Ask them to go into a shop and pick out the one they like and have them describe why and then make them go beyond because, you know, oh, it's a pretty color. Like, okay, why, why else do you like it? Like, what, why do you think we need it or whatever? And then let them pick out one for you or for dad or for brother and you'll see them start to move their psychic muscles as they get the tune and vibration of the crystal energy. I see all kids being able to do this, but honestly, like turquoise kids and even green kids, like they, they get really into rocks purple kids, you know, like it's, it's something that, um, I just, it's fun. So why not? It's fun. They have a little collection. I'll get back into that though. But like imaginary friends I wanted to get into, not all kids have them, but if you had one as a kid, or if you have a kid that had one or has one, man, you know how real they are. It's, it's a thing. And kids get real defensive about it. My little one, she's five. She has, uh, his name's Bob Gerald. He's, I mean, she gets like, he's 45. Uh, she could tell you what he looks like. She could tell you what he died of. He's dead. He's always around. He has his own, like, you know, on Netflix, everybody gets their own channel. He had to have his own Netflix channel. Like we, he's very real to her. Now, Bob Gerald does get blamed for things that we know that she did. So I understand that Bob Gerald sometimes is like, you know, her way of getting out of stuff. But then other times, like she's so adamant about it like the way that he looks don't stand there don't move that you know I feel like there's something to it it's weird too because this house isn't old that we live in um we were the first people that lived in it but there's something in in this house and before she was born we all had experiences with a little boy here and I feel like it was attached because we, we live in this house that actually it's like, um, we live in Florida. So this makes sense if you understand Florida. It's like a model home. So we bought it, had all the furniture in it because it was used to show what houses look like um, so that you could, you know, buy a house or whatever in, in the same development. So anyway, so when we bought it, it had all the furniture in it, which was super cool. But it was set up for like a girl's room and a boy's room. And at the time we moved in, we just had a, a two-year-old girl. So whatever the boy's room, we just used it as a playroom. We had so much stuff go on in there. Like I could tell you so many stories about this little boy who lived there. My other daughter played with him, you know, when she was two, she doesn't remember it now, but she used to play with him. Um, the lights would only go off in that room. My mother had an experience. I had a girl a friend sleep over here. She saw him in the middle of the night. So all sorts of stuff. 
when we got rid of the furniture, when my when my youngest daughter was born, we got rid of the furniture. And when we got rid of the furniture, everything kind of stopped happening so much. So I feel like he was attached to whoever designed this house. And I tried to look. look. I feel like he was attached to the decorator of this house. And there was something with that boy's room. There was some attachment there with the furniture and her um, with this boy. And so maybe he was lost to her or something like that. And he was attached to the furniture. Anyways, we feel like that's something to do with Bob Gerald because as soon as I put my daughter in there, that's just weird stuff was happening. And she keeps talking about this 45 year old man named Bob Gerald. So I feel like there's some sort of attachment between that room, her and this male energy. Although we saw him as a child, she saw, sees him as this 45 year old man. It's very odd. It's a very odd connection, but she's super adamant about it. And I hear about this a lot. I hear, I often will see kids, um, you know, who's, you know, my friends tell me or clients tell me like kids set a place at the table for their imaginary friend, or they just talk to them or they start to make them as real as possible. And some of it is play and that's normal. That's what kids do. But what if they start telling you about the history of a person, where they were from, what they're wearing, really ask some questions and see what you get. I have heard about children describing imaginary friends, which fit descriptions of people who've died in the house hundreds of years ago. The details you get from kids can't be ignored. I often find that just asking questions and letting them talk is a great way for them to just flow and be heard and validated and grow their gift. You don't have to say anything except, okay, wow, it's cool. And just listen. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I had a member of the um, MMSF, the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page, share that she growing up had this imaginary twin and she thought when she grew, Oh, it's just her way of coping with being an only child. Well, when she was 16, she found out that she was a twin, but her sister passed at birth. Okay. Was that an imaginary friend or was that her sister playing with her? You know, mediumship and children, babies who are cooing and laughing over your shoulder, but nobody's there. But who do you think of right away? If that's ever happened to you, Think quickly who comes to mind when this has happened. That's who it is. If you feel like, oh, that's dad or grandpa or aunt, whoever, it probably is. I have this friend whose baby looked over her shoulder and pointed at a painting on on the nursery wall and said, birdie. Now, there were no birds in that painting, but you know who painted it? The woman's husband's deceased grandmother. And what was that woman's name? Birdie. You know, these things, kids are direct channels. They will talk... People on the other side will talk to little ones all the time from the little si- from the other side. They play with them. They hold them. They give them comfort. They protect them. It's important to believe your kid to just go with it, to say hello too. It's such an effort for those on the other side to come through and give signs. A lot of us have an idea of how they should come through, 
what they should say, what they should do, but that makes it hard for them to come through when you are controlling how they can do it. So it's best to be open to however they do this and see the signs and accept them just as that expressions of love and honor the person who delivered it. Honor the child. How many times have you seen things growing up in your own rooms and homes? I would say many of you have, and you can't explain it, but you know what happened. We lose a lot of this. We pretend it didn't happen, but it did. Past lives are something children are closer to and can talk about as well. My own youngest daughter insisted that she was pregnant with me. Like, I can't talk her out of it. Kids will talk about who they were in a past life. They'll have knowledge of places and events and even machinery or science or things or times that items that they shouldn't even know about. If you press a kid gently about what they see when they're in the mood to talk about it, it can be mind-blowing. So many of us just brush off our kids talking as play. But when you get them going, they will start saying things they just cannot know. Kids will have an awareness of how it works on the other side too, where you go, what it looks like, what happens over there. They will talk about who they were before they were your baby. Such a common thing I hear, the most common thing actually. They have this understanding of death that it is not as permanent as our more adult understanding. It's more the understanding that it's transition, rather end of life. Take your kid to an antique store like, and try to show them some things that were common household items, maybe even 50 years ago or whatever, um, like a butter churn or you know, an old rotary phone. How, what, did, what do you think this is? Have them play with it. See what, see what they say. You know, it could jog some sort of past life remembrance. Children who are very creative, empathic, and spiritual, I will see kids getting really into creating altars of their own creation. Now, this is, this is a way to, to help kids develop it. Give children like some nature, crystals, even religious objects, and see what happens. How many of us have given our children the nativity scene at Christmas to play with? What do they do with it? Let them play with these things. The menorah, give them the candles, give them a version that they can safely play with. I personally was taught as a Catholic, growing up Catholic, that it was sacrilegious to play with rosaries or statues of Mary or or Jesus. But I honestly feel like that's wrong. Kids who have these things to play with form connections with spirit through it. Through play, they connect. It's a sacred, beautiful thing. You can tell them to play gently, And they'll play gently and you'll see them. It's a form of praying. It's a form of connection and it's really beautiful. It's this place they can go to where they can be touched by that which is greater than us. So giving kids these religious items, if that's what you do, or crystals, amulets, angel statues, safe little things which can hold essential oils like lava beads. You don't want to give them actual essential oils because they can get sick, but like you can stick them in lava beads and so they can smell them and whatnot. Let them play. Let them make little fairy gardens or a garden to honor grandma who passed and let them have full control. Be like, here it is. You make it. Let them go to it and speak to it and rearrange it and connect and just make little changes and color on it, whatever. And maybe, you know, maybe we need to do that too. Take these items, create from them, make them reflect where we're at. It's a way to strengthen your child's gifts. And honestly, it's a very cathartic way to strengthen your own, especially when you're grieving somebody and you just kind of make a little altar and you can change it every day or move it around or put a little toy there or something. It's just, it's nice. It's, it's a way that children co- connect that's very pure. I have to talk real quick before we end about the term indigo children, because I know you guys are going to ask me about that. Now, I did an episode called Inner Child Aura. It's episode 20. 
And there I talk about like the aura colors of children, which is different. This is more about psychic kids and that's about different aura colors of children. And I do, I'm going to do another one um, with a different angle, more in depth. And then I have another one planned where I talk about empaths, raising empaths, but that's all coming in future episodes. But when I, but the term indigo children is different than when I talk about like indigo aura color. Um, it was, uh, the indigo children term was coined in the 1970s by Nancy Ann Tapp. And it was used to describe children with like supernatural traits. It's a little vague. That's a thing. Like it's a little vague. Like if you read it, the traits, it's like, don't feel like you fit in, you know, like it's kind of stuff that like, honestly, it feels more like empath stuff. So it's like kids, when I talk about kids who are like blue or turquoise or purple or indigo, it kind of fits all of them. But it was revolutionary at the time because, you know, it kind of got picked up. It was talking about kids who are more sensitive and like a whole generation of them being born with these like supernatural abilities, which are truly just, I feel like, shoot, I take it more as like an empathic revolution, an empath revolution beginning. And, um, when you read the traits of the indigo children, the way that she talks about it, it's basically the same traits as I would call like empath children. Empathy is a psychic gift. And I feel like it's coming to a point in our culture where we are finally becoming advocates for our own empathy. And back in the 70s, they were starting to really understand that shift was happening. And the children born from them and then until now are not only more sensitive, they're being raised in times where there's more and more outlet to speak to that. And I feel like that's the rise of empathy. And as we shift again into more of a fifth dimension perspective, a separation of ego from the spiritual body, we can see it more um, as, you know, this development in our children, a strengthening. Uh, All they need is encouragement and advocacy, that their empathy, their kindness is a gift that needs to be shared. It's interesting because I'll see kids, you know, those old photos of children from, you know, the early 1900s or early photographs of children. The colors are very muted. It's a lot of inauthentic aura colors. It's a lot. It was a different culture then. Kids were way, we were, everyone was way more suppressed. So as that's lifted, our children are more able to be born and take on these gifts um, that they weren't allowed to back then. So it's, yeah, people ask me like, when you see old pictures, unless somebody's like super duper purple or something like that, honestly, a lot of them were wearing a lot of inauthentic colors. Society was a lot more um, suffocating of children. And a lot of that's just the times and, and the survival and generational and things like that, but it's different now. And that's why I think, you know, these rise of empath awareness, empath kids, like a whole new generation is coming forward and it's going to change us. It's going to change everything. You know, yes. So advocacy, you know, kindness is a gift that needs to be shared. And understanding that this spiritual gift, this sensitivity, this psychic ability, it's channeled from somewhere bigger than us because it's about love. It's really about love. Like when you give a message, it's love. When you connect to somebody telepathically, it's love. It's it's just, it's seeing somebody outside of yourself and connecting to them. That's That's what God does. So that's what that which greater than us does. And I feel like being aware of our psychic children and encouraging them as much as possible to keep that connection strong as long as possible makes for more balanced kids. Children who believe that magic is not childlike. Magic is the things people cannot see but still have belief in. And that magic is faith. And faith is the blind belief that there is something connecting to you to what's bigger, that your life has purpose, and that love is the purpose. 
And the way to show children this is just by listening and learning from them as they unabashedly embrace their own ability to love and give message and just be present without shame, without worry of outside perspective, of just being themselves purely. And when I see people raising their kids this way, it's beautiful. So good job for taking a minute today and thinking about this, um, thinking about how to do this for your own children and thinking about how to do this for yourself. Because at some point your own connection might have been severed or not encouraged or reshaped or just life, you know, and let's take a minute. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that. Hey, Scotty. Hey, so psychic kids. Yeah. It's, it's real. Obviously we, you know, we, we have one ourselves. Yes. Maybe two. Yeah, definitely um, Brianna. I have one, one question. Like yeah. a lot of people do write in like, um, as a child, I was able to see, see colors, mm-hmm. you know, I was always, but now I don't really see them anymore. Uh, or my kid sees colors now, will they always be able to see these colors? Yeah. And is that like something that kind of just goes away? You know, that's the power the ego has over our bodies. Like we want, when you're a kid, the line between the two worlds is... Thinner? A lot thinner. Mm. The veil is thinner. And if we keep telling, oh, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts, or oh, that's make-believe, or oh, that's silly, you know, immediately, okay, you know, they say, okay, and they shut that door. Right. So that's why it's kind of cool to be like, oh, well, just, you know, ask the questions and encourage it. You know, you don't have to go over the top, but you can just see what they have to say. It helps them keep that, keep that gift. Even, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's something that just, I guess, over time, as it you get dims. older and life gets in the way. Yes. And you, you have to dims. keep using it. Right. That's kind of the thing. You have to keep using it. Um, but it's hard because you don't want nobody, you know, society does not accept it. Right. It's not an accepted form of, of being. Um, so I think in houses that are more comfortable with it, kids have a stronger use of their intuition. Right. So like when I grew up and I was going to be a psychic kid, <laughs> you know, my parents didn't really believe me. So I, no. you know, I'm not psychic now, but you know, Brianna, we always believe her. I, yeah, I always Abby. have. I always think Abby's saying psychic things. and Yeah. She's more telling you about kind of like what happens on the other side a lot. Yeah. It's scary. And Brianna is better at um, telling you what's going to, she's more precognition, what's going to happen and people's true natures. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, Abby, the other day, like had me in sweats. I know you had a panic attack. I had a panic attack. For real. You know you really did. No, I did. I really yeah. did. Yeah. Well, I, we asked the- uh, well, why? Mis- why? Well, because she was like talking about like dying and like what happens to you. She was gonna, no, things. she was telling you like, yeah, this is what's going to yeah. happen to you, daddy. Yeah. You know, you'll go first and then I'll find you. All right. All right. All right. Not, I don't want to have a panic attack on- the broadcast. Okay. Um, so we asked Mystic McVale, a spiritual family, <laughs> yes. some of their stories. And, you know, we just p- picked out a few. And here's one. Abby, okay. Abby wrote, uh, she used to talk to her imaginary friend and always saw things that no one else did. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time she told her mom, I think Papa's going to die soon, mm. two days before he died. Wow. Um, she could always accurately guess the gender of unborn babies. Wow. Um, she would also tell her mom that someone was going to have a baby before they even announced it. But she's not 
good at it anymore. It so sounds like what she was doing and what she has probably still the ability to do, she just has to turn it back on, is she can communicate with people's higher selves. So there's your conscious self, and then there's like your super conscious self, which is like your soul self or your higher self. That's around you all the time. That's what communicates like with me during a reading or communicates with you know one another in dreams or astral travel. And children can pick up on, you know even if you don't think you're going to die, your higher self might be communicating with somebody more sensitive to to up oh, my time's up, that kind of a thing, which is why a lot of times people will do kind of weird things before they die. I don't know, you know, like, yeah. like you're like, they weren't expecting to die, but then you saw that they got their affairs into order. They seem to say goodbye to somebody or they seem to like leave a note in a certain spot or do things, even though they knew they weren't, they didn't know they were going to die. It's like on another level they did. Some people can pick up that other level of yourself that knows, and children can. So it sounds like she was able to communicate right. with the souls of the babies, you know, in utero, the souls of people, you know, the higher selves of people who are preparing to leave this earth. So yeah, that's a gift that children have. Wow. And then, as it, like we said, as society gets in the way, and then face, like another thing that shuts it down is like when that scares you. Like yeah. if your kids, like, hey, your dad's gonna die in two days, you're like, oh my god, don't say that. Yeah. Like don't say, don't ever talk that way. Right there, oh, gift is gone because they just say it. They don't, it's not wrong, but they then associate it with being wrong. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right, Brigitte writes, uh, when she was a child, she used to see things that have all kind of come true now. Uh, The most notable one was when she was a little girl. She says she saw her future husband. I remember it clear as day. I was driving my parents across a bridge and had this vision of a handsome man with dark wavy hair that was from Europe. Ooh. Oh, that's specific. Yeah, very specific. When I met Mike, I felt like I knew him my whole life, and a voice inside my head said, you're going to marry him. Oh. It was the same guy from oh, the vision. I just got chills. Yeah, that's cool. Well, she definitely was. Okay, so when you're born and you're um, you're small, you have more of a vision of your soul contract. So your soul contract, you create, I did a whole episode on that. I forget what number, one of the yeah. earlier episodes. You have like major points kind of placed for your soul contract. So sometimes one of those things is who you have to be with, you know, in the future. So when you're a child, you're more in tune with your soul contract and what's included on it. And it sounds like she what had already made the agreement with her yeah. husband what this was going to look like in the future. Wow. And she was able to see that. She was able to see her soul contract as a child. Crazy. That is crazy. That's cool. That is really cool. All right. Sasha wrote, my my son said he watched me drown as a young girl. Oh, past life. Yeah. He said he tried to help save me. He told me this when he was two. Wow. And as a matter of fact, she almost died drowning as a child. Oh, my God. Um, That's... Wait. Yeah. So she did almost drown as a child? Yes. And then what was his vision? Um, her son said that he watched me drown as a young girl. Mm-hmm. He said he tried to help save me. Uh, he told us when he was two, and then she said she almost died, died drowning as a That's child. Ama- that could be her son had helped her, even though he wasn't. He was like her angel, or he had seen that happen yeah. as when she was a kid. That's interesting. Or it's a past life thing where she she had done actually died in a past life, and he was there. But it sounds after you finish the story, it sounds more like. He was able to see that from the beyond. That's like before he even existed on this earth, he could see his mother that way. So it's like a, a vision. Wow. Oh. I'll do a couple more here. Okay. Uh, these are cool. I like these. Yeah, these are pretty cool. Ch- Chelsea wrote, as a, a child slash teen, I would always know or have a feeling. 
when something bad was going to happen. Car accidents mainly. I once told my family we would have to wait to leave the house, and I didn't know why. Then we drove by a four-car accident on the road we were taking. Wow. So basically Spirit yeah. telling her, hey, take five minutes. There's radio waves. It's like, think of it as radio waves. That's how Spirit talks. Some of us pick up the frequencies. Some of us ignore the frequencies. When you're younger, you pick them up. But they're always, going, they're always out there. They're always out there um, just for, you have to listen to your intuition. But then we get nervous because we're like, oh, am I just paranoid? Or is it OCD thinking or, or things like that? But sometimes you can learn the difference between just an OCD thought and a spirit message. It feels more like, truth or something very it's not emotional you just are like i can't do that it's not going to happen it's more like that and it doesn't have fear in it or anything else it's just kind of like a truth and and the more you pay attention to your intuition the more you can differentiate between your own fear thoughts versus spirit messages and warnings all right let's do one last one okay uh ended on kind of a funny funnier note here somalia um she says when her when she her dad says she was i hope i said that pronounce that name right uh, her dad says she was a psychic kid. He wanted to play the lottery. Sounds a lot <laughs> Sounds like, like somebody. Me. It sounds like me. <laughs> um, and one time he asked her for the winning numbers. Uh, she gave him the numbers. Um, those numbers came in. Stop. Yeah. But unfortunately, the dad changed oh. one of the numbers. He said he lost his nerve and he changed the last number. Oh. And he, you know, he didn't win. And he has regrets to this day. Oh, yeah. You know, he cries every single day. I, yes. I added that in. But uh, that he did not <laughs> win the lottery. Uh, and here, here's the thing for me. <laughs> you tell me lottery numbers, I'm already there. <laughs> like, I'm not changing anything. Yeah. You, Bree, or Abby, give me lottery numbers. I'll take the $5 or whatever it is, you know, I'll, you know and, and I'll put it on those numbers. Oh, wow. You know, I'm not going to live with that regret. That's Because such- I know those numbers are going to come in. If I play it, probably not. But if I don't, they're definitely coming in. Remember so. when I got the super fecta yes. for the, the Kentucky Derby. Yes. But no, it wasn't the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Preakness. Uh, the Preakness. Preakness. Remember? Yeah. I got the super fecta. Now, yes. if you get the super fecta yes. in the Preakness and you put, how much money was that? Like, uh, I don't remember. I think it would have been like thousands of dollars. Yeah, thousands of dollars. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and like you weren't going to put like a ridiculous, you put even a, two bucks on it. Yeah. And if you could, it comes in, it's like thousands of dollars or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I had it. Yeah. And before you went in, yes. before, and I wrote, I, I had it on paper and everything. Uh-huh. And before True story. You, yeah. Before you went in, I think I was like, oh, just focus more on this. Don't put money yeah. on that or something like that. And, yeah. um, but that's when I was pregnant with Abby and I was way more good with numbers. You were good. Yeah, like, no. With we, we, track and, and stuff when I was pregnant with Abby. But we did win. We had the winner. We, we had did. The, we had the exacta, which yes, is the first two, first and second. For, I mean, no one's probably a horse racing fan here. <laughs> and then we had the triple, yes, which is did. first, second, and third. Yeah, we got that. So we had all those. And we, we won, won like those. a lot. But there was, there was actually... But I was like, oh, yeah. the superfecta. No, there, do you remember, and this was, I think, a little bit before, before we, you know, started the whole practice and maybe we yeah. had a little more time on our hands. But there was like, I, we, I mean, there was like 10 weeks in a row. We'd go like yeah. every Saturday yeah. to uh, Pompano, which is like a racetrack around here. And we won like 10 Saturdays in a row. We had the winner like 10, 10 weeks in a row. We yeah. just, you just picked a number out of a hat. Like, I don't know how you picked it. Yeah, I would see, I can see the numbers. You just saw the numbers. Yeah. I would go or we'd go together. You were pregnant, like you said. Yeah. And sometimes I would just drive yes, back the race this. and we'd come back and watch it on TV. I was very psychic with the horses when I was pregnant with Abby. Yeah, it was like. I, now it kind of went away. It was like a stream of income for us for a while. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a, it was a big stream of income. But what is that? Like, because when I was pregnant with her, I was way more 
psychic with the numbers. It's interesting. Then now I'm not I don't know. that way. Yeah. Like uh, now it's like, I, I, and also I don't care. And also I feel bad for the horses. That's like my well, new thing. Well, maybe this is like, like that e- thing where you, like, the veil was thinner for numbers yes. at the time. I don't know. And Abby is good at math. So. Yeah, Abby is good at math. <laughs> yeah. Now I just go by names. I actually, I picked the winner of the recent Kentucky Derby, you but I was did. so authentic just by the name. Yes. I did not bet it. Yeah, uh, because you know, I was like, eh, "Who has the Kentucky Derby in September?" It was bothering me. I know. You know so my red, my red stubbornness got and nothing's in the way. open. You're like, I have to go to this like casino and blah blah. blah. Yeah, you know, it's all stressful. And the Kentucky Derby is always the first Saturday in May, so I couldn't I get know. over that fact. Oh, red rant. All right, red rant. Now let's end it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's been a great show. Thanks, guys, so much for for listening. We appreciate you. See you over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page. Take care, guys. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing whilst you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. Then cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.